0: The volume nice and loud. Because we are controlling transmission with Dance Beats and ROV. You're in the mix with Lil Drummer Girl. With your host, Dormarie. In the mix. In the mix.
1: Hey there, it's Dormarie Mutel. Thanks for stopping by for another episode of Lil Drummer Girl. Today we have a very special guest. His name is Lily Lavea, and we're going to cover ways to promote your band and get more eyes and ears on your music. Lily has over 20 years' experience in the nightlife area, especially with national television and film projects. He's produced over 30 live concerts in the past 24 months and was the 2012 winner of the Niagara Music Awards Promoter of the Year. He was the first person to give Lady Gaga her first television interview, and his clients consist of entertainment personalities, nightclubs, music and concert festivals, and he creates brand and marketing strategies to help artists connect with their audience. I had to get him on the show and give you guys some tips from Pick His Brain, so let's get Louie on the air. Hey, Louie, how's it going out there? I'm fantastic.
0: Thanks for having me on, and thanks to everybody listening. I appreciate your time.
1: Well, thank you for being here, because I know how much you have going on, and I can only imagine how you're squeezing this in. So thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. not a problem, anytime. I have a bunch of questions for you, and I know we have a little bit of time, so you mind if we just jump right in? Let's jump in. It's free. Okay, cool. I mean, I myself do special events and have had production nights in New York City at nightclubs, and I know how hard it is to just do one event, let alone, how the heck did you do 30 concerts in 24 months? How did you accomplish something as huge as that? Yeah, and then they keep
0: rolling, too, so it doesn't stop at any time. <laughs> I think, you know, you have to think of this business as a business. It feels like, you know, I know it's a lot of fun, whether you're a musician or whether you're in the promotion side or you're a DJ or whatever part of the industry you're in, or even models and actors. I mean, you could quickly get away with fun aspect of it and, and lose sight of the business and quickly deteriorate. So I think the first thing is to remember, this is a business as much as it's a very fun business. It's shark infested waters, but it's fun. You gotta think of it as a business, but you gotta have a strategy. To produce so many events, you have to work with good people, build a great team, and have your proper scheduling strategy in place. And that, that's the best way to do, you know, even people who are not in the entertainment industry that have several products and several locations to take care of. Same thing, it can be overwhelming. But if you have the head on your shoulders, have a schedule, have a strategy in place. Things get a lot easier.
1: That's awesome. But how do you get into the business of promoting content? Because that's right there. I mean, it's a really tough business to break into. So is there something that you know people can go to school to learn or is it something that they can do internships with and really get like their feet wet? What would you suggest? I, I would say, you know,
0: school's definitely not the place to learn the marketing of the business because it changes so quickly. There's nothing wrong with going to school for marketing or business and get the generic sense. But this changes changes so rapidly as everybody out there knows, right? That you just cannot learn the quick pace of it. So with that said, you can still do the school. Now, while you're at school, you can definitely learn user behaviors, right? You're, you're mingling with friends. These are the consumers. And it's a great way to learn. So while you're at school, you can definitely learn what people do and how they play, you know, what social media they are on. But I think the best way, like you mentioned, the word interning, I know how I got into it way back in the day was to work with another big promoter So I offered my services to help bring people to the club, and I learned very quickly what worked, how the owners acted, how the bands and musicians acted, and then could branch off on my own and start my own uh, event. And then it grew exponentially from there. So I think to start things out, everybody goes to parties and nightclubs. You always know the promoter or the DJ or the owner. You start to kick in with the management. There's just little ways you can say, I want to get into the business, and the best ways to intern and learn. So... You have to offer something to those people, because don't forget, a promoter might make money off the door, for example, or ticket sales, or a flat fee with the owner. So while they all want help, in their mind, you know, the little greed can set in in the business, (laughs) what do I have to give to you, right? Why can't I do this on my own? And that, that sometimes hurts people's promoter business or venues by not building a team, but you need to approach them with the, I don't want anything for you, because in the back of your head, you're learning. What you're going to bring to them is traffic people, you know, that kind of idea. And that's a good start.
1: I'm sure that they are approaching you now and you're not going to approach them. If somebody that you heard that they're going to have a tour coming out and you go approach them or do they come approach you to say, hey, can you help us set up this tour? How does that work with that? I think where I am at, at my business level, a lot of what
0: I do on social media is social proof, showing what I do, sharing a lot of very tactical and strategy ideas that people can do on their own. Because of that, They're coming to me for the most part. So I don't necessarily need to, I don't think I have picked up a phone and called a specific festival or musician for a while. I think I've got a little bit of Facebook on, but you know, I knew that, hey, let's go for coffee and it turned into a client. So I I think for the most part where I am now, they're mostly coming to me, which is a great place to be. But because of that, to get to that level, I've been hustling like crazy on social media, doing the right thing, making sure my festivals, uh, you know, either they're mine or theirs are successful and people see that which is great that's where they come to me and say hey I'm a festival or hey I'm a musician and when I post on SoundCloud and Facebook it fizzles right away I get like you know a 100 people listening to it what do I do I need 10,000 listeners I need you know I need it to grow it's, it's too much noise out there so they'll and we discuss their a fit and go from there.
1: Cool. Now, you were in the television business as well. How did you get the gig of being a, a television host? So, for TV, I, I
0: still want to be on TV again. I think it's a cool industry. Now, it may not be on terrestrial TV because digital is so big now. It might make sense just to create a YouTube show nowadays. It's mm-hmm. really good. Especially as a marketing person, I could probably get. Viewership like crazy as opposed to being at the mercy of regular TV now. But since day there was a music TV channel, it's like an MTV. I was doing the you know nightlife and, and music promotions already. I thought to expand my brand. Why not be on television? So I'm even more recognizable and I have an even stronger resume to work with. And so I approached a couple of TV stations. Of course, not easy to get in. So what I did was I had a couple of friends, a little production crew, and I made a pilot for a show that I thought would fit. So I committed that and said, hey, this show is free for you. I will produce it. And on barter, I will go sell the ads. They watched the show. It was a decent show. Uh, it's like going to nightclubs and interviewing musicians, things like that. They said, you know, we don't really have room on our schedule, but you're not a bad host. Why don't you just do some hosting on our show, which was really my, my goal begin with. And that's how I got into television. So I, I think... Throughout this entire industry, for me, I've been able to. If the door's not open, I will build the door beside it and break that open. <laughs> oh,
1: I love that. That's it. You got to break those doors down. You got to learn the rules and break the rules. That's so. <laughs> it. Is, <yeah. laughs> and I always say that. Okay, if there's no job, let's create one. You know, what can you do to make it work? And and I think and that, that's it. that's key. Yeah. I mean, see,
0: the doors are never open. You know, sometimes you light things open, little windows open. You try and get in, but everybody tries to go through the same door when it opens, right? So, fact, exactly. I've been really good at and sharing the same story of sometimes that door's not open. If you can't break it down, or when it opens, flooded with people. It will just door beside it. It might get sideways through. And I did that with radio as well. I wanted to be on radio as well. And, of course, I had friends that ran radio stations, but still, there wasn't room for me to be on, right? There was no hiring going on, or if they did, it went to the schools and so I made my own syndicated radio show and I, and I banged down doors of syndicators, like Westwood One, like major syndicators, and I got my top ten countdown shows on like 300 and some on stations. FM, oh, nice. You know, digital and all that stuff. And, and I built the door over sighted again and I got on stations on my own. There's ways to do it if you have a little bit of that entrepreneurial thought process.
1: That's a very good point there because <laughs> I think a lot of people get a little bit of a fear inside of them to say, oh, I don't know if I can go, you know, approach that person or do, dream that big because you have to dream big. And I feel like even if you don't get that big dream, you may get something close enough to it or feel, you know, just a part of it that makes you feel like, wow, I got it accomplished and the actually." Even halfway is a great
0: stepping stone to move up. So even for me, when I started off at little bars and then nightclubs and now festivals, every one of those was a stepping, you know, stone and another jump up the ladder because I could use it to my advantage and I would crack that and and use it for social proof and all this stuff and go to the next level. So you're right. If if you don't hit the big goal right away, sometimes I mean a lot of times. The small win counts. There's a big victory. So if somebody wants Absolutely. to get on a record label, and you don't hit it yet. You don't give up. There's small wins. Oh, look, we got a thousand listens on Spotify. Oh, look, we got X amount more likes. Oh, look, there's small things, and, and each one of these adds up to something big if you have your site set on the goal and not to be worried about not getting there yet. You just got to use them to your advantage.
1: So touching on that point there, do you have any tips on how uh, artists and musicians they can actually grow their fan base by using social media? Absolutely.
0: I mean, I, I think having said that small that's something that people should realize you want to post i would say post daily you know first thing you should do is know what your brand is so whatever your brand is going to be if you're a band or you're a rocker or you're an electronic music producer a hip-hop artist, whatever you are you have to know what your brand is going to be so what kind of things do you say on social media that take your brand so if you're like look at talent you know he's funny he's on Snapchat everything he does is is enjoyable it's hilarious Dylan Francis same idea and other ones are a little bit more serious so whatever your brand is and it could just be you yourself it's very easy to be yourself just be yourself don't don't pretend right but everything has to roll around that and your causes and your why so it becomes a little bit easier to post every day because even if you're just posting french fries if that fits your brand that's okay to say if it doesn't don't say it because it doesn't fit. So for me, you know, politics doesn't fit my brand whatsoever. I know there's a whole storm going on right now.
1: States, but
0: I, I have officially nothing to say either way because it doesn't fit my brand. So why would I mention something that has an opinion that doesn't fit my brand, right? Officially. So <laughs> That's very, very important. So key. And it's okay. Yeah, and that's kind of the first thing. After that, you know what to say every day, and you can start building audiences around that. So I would definitely... Look, people spend money on drum kits and new guitars. And I, I want the newest, you know, E G, you know, players and, and mixers. And they go spend money on new things, but they don't save any of that money for their own marketing. They think I'm going to create a great song. And yeah, it might be a great song, but a record label is going to magically sign you. Record labels also <laughs> have to think about investing in you and what are they going to get back out of that. And it's a tough biz right now. You are better oh, yeah. not buying the new guitar and putting a $1,000 into some marketing to start growing your brand. You know, you really target the right audience, whatever your brand is and whatever your sound is, and start getting people to take notice of you. Before you know it, you're going to gain followers, fans, people that want to buy. And all of a sudden, you're making $10,000 and $50,000 and $100,000 a year. And that's pretty good without a baseball. You could do what you want, not have a side job,
1: and you're making six figures. And that's not that hard to attain if you have a strategy. Uh, that's that's phenomenal words of wisdom right there, because um I think there's, you know, people are, I think, afraid of there's so much competition. Yes, there is, and that's why you, you have to just scream a little louder than everybody else, I think, these days to be heard. <laughs> so, like you say, you know, to, to take those marketing efforts to actually plug it into their business so that they get to perform more gigs, and then they can do more video while they're performing, or then they can get more fans on their guest list so that they can get their followers going. Um with all the public events that you've had, I mean, I just actually read a post that you did on the the uh, mistakes, which I really thought was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever had uh, anything go like terribly wrong, and if so, like how did you fix the issue? And, uh, oh yeah, oh, I yeah. go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Some wrong. I could go wrong. How to go wrong? You know what, I think you just
0: have a cool head on your shoulders and your brain will start to see clearly, you know, a couple of examples. I remember one, I had an event and it was on a holiday and the venue was taking care of security. You know, it was a typical promoter deal. So years ago, I was buying the talent and promoting. I got the tickets. They had the venue, got the liquor, security, all that stuff. Well, they also said they were going to take care of the staging and the back line, which is all the, obviously, the equipment, right? Uh, know, the cars, drum kits, stuff like that. So, you know, the sound check is about to happen, and everything's great except there's no drum kit there. And the manager says, "Where's the drum kit?" Of course, I didn't have the tech writer on me because I just forwarded right to the owner, saying, "Look, you're taking the tech writer. Here it is. I have my own thing to worry about." And I'm like, "Oh, I didn't even know there was a drum kit needed." So he pulls it out. Oh, "Here's the tech writer. You know, you're the producer of the show. Where is it?" And I said, "Well, you know, I'm not blaming anybody, but that was the owner's responsibility. So let me go find out what's going on." You have to take responsibility even though it's not your fault. I went to the owner and he's like, Well, it's your show, you gotta figure it out which is you know, it's gonna happen. But and you know, here's the worst part. As if you know, I couldn't just you know, get the phone and say, Okay, local, you know, uh, rental place, I need a drum kit, these specifications, bring it over, whatever costs, no big deal. It's a holiday. So everything was closed. <laughs> like with I the drum kit it wasn't that easy to fix, right? So I had to, you know, instead of panicking, I went to the you know, manager, like, the show's not gonna happen. I said, Relax, right, go to the green room. We'll get the drum kit it's all good. We'll do the holiday said, you. Relax. My show, you said. I'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? So I obviously went to everybody's in a band or a DJ nowadays. So I went to my social media. I, I talked to the other people who are working on the staging. You know, who has this style of drum kit around or something close to it? And a few of them said, I'm in a side band. I'll call my buddy see if he has it. Another one said so the same thing. Eventually, I got my drum kit there in good time, showing up you know without a hook. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but really, really
0: show. and no fire that was happening behind the scenes it's all good works <laughs>
1: that is an awesome story <laughs> oh man it yeah. might have
0: had no show right but, and then, yeah. you know, what a bad time a holiday so I couldn't call the rental place and just get one but again, you could you panic and cry about it or you could say look we've got to be able to figure this out somehow and just have that clear head again it's a business I'm a clear head and say there's got to be some solutions and I've been very good at fires constantly happening and being very calm and look here's a couple solutions we can go by and let's do them and if I couldn't get a drum kit I don't know what my answer would have been but I'm sure I would have figured it out
1: you <laughs> would have started like rapping some drum beats or something <laughs> I don't know. Was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so funny that's a great story I remember uh, you just made me think about a flashback here when uh I had just started to promote nightclubs and I was doing uh, a music industry networking evening in Manhattan and <laughs> it was supposed to be at the Heartbreak nightclub which was down in Varick Street at the time and, are you from New York? Oh, no, but I love New York. <laughs> so there I am thinking, oh great, I've got this thing, I've got the, the musicians, you know, the artists lined up for the gig, this and that. I show up so we could do a sound check and there's a big sign on the door that says, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, uh nobody mm. told me they were closed What do I do? Yeah. So- i was thinking I had about 150 people coming to this event, and I'm like, wow. So then I noticed like a couple blocks away, there was uh, Sobs, which is a really great like Latin Caribbean style nightclub. And so I go to the manager there and I ask them about it, and they're like, oh yeah, you know, we can squeeze you in tonight. You have to go before this other dance. <laughs> so
0: like, oh, like, nice. Really? Wow.
1: Okay. So then I, I call up this co-promoter that I was working on this with, and he's like, no, 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 Helen, we don't need it. We've got this restaurant thing, da, 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 da. and I'm like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, 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 no, no, we've got it all set up. So I let SOVs go, and I go down to this other place, and I'm thinking, what the heck? I go in there, and it's literally a restaurant. And <laughs> I, I, that's why I'm like, well, what the hell? Where, where where's the stage? We're we yeah. gonna have the perform, and stuff. They put like this door over these crates. can't believe it as the stage. It was like the most embarrassing moment of my life. I <laughs> Just thinking, this I gave up Sobs for this, <laughs> and and I learned a very valuable lesson. Listen to your own intuition and don't listen to anybody else, especially in no. a situation. <laughs> that was the trap,
0: but, but it was what it was. I mean, so many artists out there can just trust that okay, you've got a handle and then come in and it's sort of a disaster, and then they feel embarrassed. You know, like you feel like what am I playing that? I, I think <laughs> exactly. you know, and it's your brand that looks tarnished. And, you know, that's why a lot of big agents only work with reputable promoters or people that have not messed around. It's not just, oh, did they pay me or not? Of course, that's a big thing. Oh, you haven't paid? Okay, well, you're out. Oh, you're blacklisted. But, you know, are you going to treat the artist well? Are the flights going to come in? You have a driver ready. They're not sitting around waiting. It's food. You know, it's, everything's got to work well. If you're a good promoter, then big agents will start to respect you because they know they can put trust in you not to pull something like this off. And really ensured right. the brand of
1: the artist. So that's important on the other side of the business as well, right? Good story. Absolutely. And the sad part was the person who I was co-promoting the place with owned another nightclub in New York. So I thought he was going to be reputable and he would know <laughs> the right yeah. thing to do. I mean, at the time, I was probably about 20 years old or something like that. And yeah, I just started doing promotions and so it was all new to me. And I'm um, so telling me, well, yes, yeah, a very important lesson learned. Everything is a lesson learned, I think, in life, you know, but there's some that are bigger lessons than others. <laughs> okay. uh, so what are some of your favorite marketing tools?
0: What do you use? Obviously, social media is by far the biggest one now, especially in our demographic entertainment. I mean, everybody's on social media. Again, you know, it's just the, the sandbox where everybody's playing it, right? I mean, I stop mm-hmm. printing flyers. Radio, I do very little of. I do it for the major festivals And really, just to get the reach, but to be honest, I bet you if we cut it out, or it's my radio friend. It probably wouldn't affect us. Um, wow. It seems like it's demographic. Um, entertainment music is so into social media. If we're doing the right thing on there, then we win all the time. And so doing the right thing doesn't just mean, like I mentioned earlier, here's my new release. And that's it. Or come to my Friday night. It's ladies night. There's a flyer on social media. And I'll even boost it for the right target. That's not what people want to see. They're not there to get ads in their face. You need to create content and context around what's going on. So when I do a music release, the last, you know, what I'm doing actually right now for a, a producer DJ is, you know, in week one, we build all the assets So we work on. What's, what are the different um, posts that we want to make? Do we want to talk about, oh, behind the scenes this? We're working on those videos. This like we come up with, with like a three weeks of strategy of posts that are not just hard. No, releases is, release is coming. It just stuff to get engagement. And then, you know, the second week, we start to use that. And We build up an audience of, hey, we know what the audience of the, let's say, EDM band is, what countries are best suited. So let's build another audience from Facebook of DJ mag, people who work there and might write blogs on us, and industry people, radio, you know, digital radio, you know, that kind of record label owners, that kind of idea. And we start to push out our post by boosting it just for those audiences. You know, week three, we start teasing heavy, coming out next week, coming up next week the week after is the release week. And those. And you know, when I'm talking about audiences that people are not familiar with, like Facebook and Instagram and even YouTube and Twitter, you can advertise directly to a target. So I can say people who like EDM that are from Italy that are 19 to 22 and also like Patron Tequila, like whatever you know is your your market, you can advertise though. So you can build those audiences and directly target. Yes, like I mentioned earlier, there's a little bit of an ad spend there, but you know, with a little push, you can go a long way. I just put out a Halloween... Um, little video for myself, my own brand, has a girl doing a little dancing and then it scares people. It's like 20 seconds long. I put $50 in it to get the ball rolling. and It already has reached uh, I think a quarter million people and uh, I believe the actual views on it are in the 75,000 actual views. with $50. Wow. That's tar- targeted views that, that were put in there's like hundreds and hundreds of comments and like a hundred shares. Like they're actually engaging in it because they found it funny and I got them and it was all well-branded and put to the right person, right? So if you do that for your music or your event, it goes a lot longer than just, here's my Friday flyer." It's a hard sell, and people just don't want to see that. You have to build content, make people like you and want to support you. And then you got raving fans.
1: Absolutely. I mean, actually, you got me on that one, too, because I did catch that. <laughs> and I was like... Oh, that was good. That was really good. Happy Halloween! <laughs> so you must travel a lot, having festivals all over the place. How do you handle like your private life versus your public life, and do you have balance to to keep from stressing out, and losing it? Yeah, I think. I mean, for the most
0: part, my life is fairly public. Um, you know, with my you know with my wife and kids, they they travel with me as much as I can bring them with me, which is great. Which is a lot. And, and they love it. They're really young. So my wife was a teacher. We're homeschooling them. So when we go travel to Philadelphia, let's say, they learn about the Constitution. And, you know, uh, Benjamin Franklin is really good for them. So and we get to see, you know, North America really, really nicely in that respect. And again, for my actual brand, you know, my personal Facebook profile, we'll talk a little bit more about some personal stuff, but my actual Facebook page may not ever have anything about my kids and stuff like that because it's my brand to be um, nightclub. And bar and music, you know, marketing and business advice. So none of that would ever fit into it. So again, you know what you're talking with, Like I mentioned earlier, politics and things like that. That doesn't fit into my brand. So those posts will never even show up there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's for that. As long as you know what your brand is, you can post properly. Awesome. Do you play an instrument? I don't. I used to play piano, but that was like a million oh. years ago and I. I don't think I was great at it and I don't think I'm even yeah, I'm probably worse now. <laughs> so, then, you know, I think you know your strength. Like I love music. I'm not a singer by any means or, or someone who could play an instrument. Uh, I think I have a great ear for music and that allows me to choose possible hits or maybe work with someone that might have a hit. Maybe even put some advice into a song Thing, look, maybe these tweaks work. You tell me, I don't know, it's what I hear and I really am good at the business side, marketing and branding stuff like that. So, that's been more fun for me and that's where I leave.
1: Cool. So what are some of your favorite things to do when you're not working? Um, I love playing um, with the kids on uh Xbox or Nintendo Wii
0: love jumping in the hot tub playing hockey is great and that kind of stuff is good travel is always a lot of fun I love that cool
1: is that ice hockey or roller hockey
0: I used to do a lot of ice hockey now roller or just uh, floor hockey just for fun you know it's, it's great to do that I, I can't really get into the league because I'm so busy traveling around yeah. and I can't make I can't make the, the full commitment so it's small like uh, summer leagues that I can get into because they're kind of short and then one off here and then
1: nice I used to
0: work for the NHL I love ice hockey it's such a great sport right, nice and I'm a very big New York your fan. So uh, if you're right in New York, yeah, cool. Always
1: great. <good. laughs> well, look, It looks like we're almost out of time here. How can I listen to, stay in with you, and follow you, and keep up with all the great things that you have going on in your life? Absolutely, yeah.
0: Uh, i obviously always on all of your social media, and I do have my blog, uh which is my website, and all of that is my first and last name. So Louis LaBella. That's L-O-U-I-E-L-A-V-E-L-L-A. So com. You can reach out there and, and, and obviously all over social media. So Facebook is the slash louislavela or Twitter and Instagram is at louislavela. Any of those places, follow me, see what I'm up to, learn, and reach out. I love sharing any insights I have to anybody out there.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, and thank you again for being here tonight. I really, really appreciate it, and I look forward to uh, any events that you have coming this way. Please let me know, and I'll also do a plug for you over here, and maybe even get to go. That sounds fantastic. Thanks
0: for having me
1: on. And I want to thank you listeners out there for joining us tonight. I wouldn't have a show without you. So thank you again for being there. And if you like this episode, please share it and tell your friends and subscribe. And so that you don't miss out on any new releases, we're on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. And don't forget to stop at our website at www.littledrummergirl.com. That's L-I-L, Drummer Girl. And sign up for our newsletter for more tips, tricks, and videos, and some tutorials. And remember, it's never too late to begin to live the life of your dreams and leave the trailblazer behind you. So lock on and lock out. And I'll catch you on the flip side. Namaste.